The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. everybody and welcome back to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. My name is Gene Marks from the Marks Group and I'm glad that you have joined us. And also joining us today is Luciana Gomez, who is the owner and founder of Cafe Victoria in Dallas. Uh, her website is cafevictoriadallas.com and I will give that at the end of this segment as well. But Luciana, welcome. Can you give me an awkward hello? Hi, Gene. Awkward. Is this all going up? Or? Yeah, that's I awkward enough. Accent, so I- Let's oh, no, that's pretty awkward. It will be awkward, so. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. I appreciate that. I, um, I'm glad you're joining me today. Cafe Victoria, this is a coffee shop? It is. It is a neighborhood coffee shop, a small shop in, in the heart of Victoria Park, which is a small neighborhood next to downtown Dallas. How long have you been running it? Uh, about four and a half years. So, wow. Yeah, and what did you do in a prior life before starting it? Corporate world. I, my background is in advertising. So I worked in advertising agencies for about almost 20 years um, until I had this crazy idea of opening my own consulting company. I'm a marketing consultant and, and also this crazy idea of opening my, my own coffee shop, which, you know, I, I have to be honest and tell you, I thought it was much, much simpler when I had this idea. And then it's been, it's just been an amazing ride. It's owning my own business is something that's very different from what I was used to. And um, I'm just loving it. Yeah, it is kind of crazy, like quitting a corporate job and then mm-hmm. opening up, you know, your own business. But so just and this is important. So you've got the coffee shop and do you and you still do marketing consulting. So in other words, do you still have two streams of income coming in? I do. I do. Yes. I, yeah. And as you said, it, it's much, it was much simpler when I when I I wasn't self-employed. And, you know, I had my corporate job, but only my own business have been have been amazing. And it's just a, it's just a different different way of, of living basically on all the time you're 24 hours a day and it's just very very intense but at the same time it's, you have control on what you're doing and I'm just loving it and I do have a, a diversity of having uh, my coffee shop which is much different business than my consulting business. So. Yeah I always wondered you know if there's an individual coffee shop that you have you know is that enough to sustain a living and when I do speak to people that own coffee shops, um, unless they have multiple locations where they have some, you know, scale, um, a lot of them have other sources of income. They have other, they do other consulting like yourself. Some people have spouses or, you know, family money or whatever. Um, you know, is that, is that the case? Like if you, if you didn't have your other, you know, if you didn't do marketing consulting, um, do you think that you could, you know, you earn a living entirely from Cafe Victoria? Or do you think that you would need still another stream of income? No, the short answer is no. Um, right. it, it's very hard. Um, a business like a coffee shop, um, it's kind of like you said, it's better when you have multiple locations and you can kind of uh, play with it a little bit. One can perform better than, better than another. For me, um, you know, I, I, I pay close attention to quality and, and the type of items we serve, we serve, the type of coffee we serve. And, and I don't really take... Um, any, I don't, I don't go the tip route on anything really. I, I do everything in, in the in the highest quality I can. So my margins are not are not there. And of course, you 
when you run your own business, you always have to be prepared for any challenges that come your way. And this year has been the perfect example of that. So if I didn't have my consultant, it would be impossible for me to make a living. So right. um, I like having the two things. It keeps me um, keeps me busy and it keeps me on my toes all the time because there's two different uh, businesses. So right. um, no, so yeah, it will be very different. So you you mentioned that this year has been challenging. I don't I don't understand. What do you mean yeah, by that? I don't know. I mean maybe I'm 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 being too negative. Tell me um, yeah. tell me about yeah tell me about the you know the pandemic hits. Um, tell me how that affected you and your business. And I and I'm going to be I have to tell you, I'm actually not even sure. Like I'm I live in Philadelphia, so our whole area was pretty much shut and locked down. Um, was that the case in Dallas? And and just tell us what happened when the pandemic, you know, really hit. Yeah, it was the same case here, unexpected for everybody, of course. And and I'm not gonna say anything that that people haven't experienced themselves. Uh, for us in our in our business, we managed to stay open. My my first reaction, of course, was safety and and making sure that also my team was safe in terms of their their employment and making sure that I was able to keep them, which I was, and, and that has been my biggest accomplishment in this pandemic. And I'm very proud of having been able to do that. And to your point before, it, it was because, because I do have two businesses and I managed to, to kind of support one with the other. But um, it was, you know, we had to, we had to move very fast, adjust, uh, just like everybody else. In our case, um, what I did, particularly is uh, reduce some hours because of, of, you know, people were not out a lot and we depend a lot on the topic of, of the American Airlines Center, which is where the Mavericks play and the stars here in Dallas. And also we have a lot of events. Offices were closed. So all that afternoon traffic we lost. So we reduced our hours. And, and then what I also did is uh, incorporate a, a delivery service, which is something I have been thinking of doing since I opened four years ago. And, and really we got it done in four days, which, which really is a good testament of how crises are also an opportunity to be creative and to just, just to move move forward and, and, and do things that sometimes we don't dare do um, in normal times. Um, so I did that, and then in a cup, and then May 1st, we were able to go back uh, open um, at regular hours and at a 25% capacity. Right now it's at 75% uh, for the state of Texas, so People have been great in, in terms of safety. We have, all, of course, all the standard measures and, and being a, a food uh, establishment, we already have a lot of cleaning standards in place that what, that in normal times we we take care of anyway. But, but now, of course, we've upped those and the use of masks and hand sanitizer and uh, just constant cleaning of surfaces and, and things like that have been allowed us to, to provide a safe place for our customers and for our employees. So in terms of sales, we are continuously down uh, or still down uh, significantly, but um, I'm just, as I said, I'm happy that I was able to stay open and like a lot of people that, and I'm happy that, uh, that my team is intact. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. When you shut down, I mean, this is, it, it is a ride. Um, and I've, I've heard similar stories from so many other business owners around the country. And when you shut down, you know, you had expenses. Were you using, mm-hmm. you know, again, you have the, the, the marketing consulting side. So I'm assuming that probably continued on. Was there, how did you pay your bills during the period when things were shut down? 
well, I'm, I'm, I was lucky to have savings, and that's what I did, and that's what I used. Okay. Uh, it probably would have easier for me to would have been easier for me to shut down and and, and wait, but I wanted to to keep going. Um, so I did that, and then I I was lucky to get a PPP loan, uh, which is helping, but that's almost gone because it's been two months um, or almost two months. So that helps a lot, um, but but that's really it. So I think the the, que- the big question is what's going to happen after the money is. is is gone, which is which would work out to that, and and you know what's going to happen afterwards. Hopefully, uh, we will see an increase on, in sales, and we'll be able to go back to to a situation where I can pay his bills. Well, you say hopefully, you say hopefully, but there's no, you know, you know, certainly there's no guarantee of that. Um, you know, you said you you can. Well, let, let me actually, I'm going to step back a little bit because I do want to talk about the future, but. A couple other things you mentioned, like in the Dallas area, you guys reopened ahead of a lot of other areas. One of the things you you had to maintain 25 capacity, 25 percent capacity. Now you're up to 75 percent capacity. What what does that mean? And how do you how do you measure that? I mean, are you literally if one customer comes in that throws you into 76.9 percent capacity, you you physically throw them out of your shop. I mean, how do you, how do you handle that? Yes, I mean, that's a good question. It's very, very hard to manage. Um, for us, we're a small shop. I think people, um, I mean, you have the two extremes of people here in Dallas, as I'm sure it's around the country and around the world, which is you have the people that are extra careful and the people that are, don't care and just go out. And right. for us, uh, we've had a mix of both, right? So a lot of people, a lot of our customers are very careful and they're waiting outside if they see people inside. At the beginning, we had no, uh, you know, a notice, a note on the door, and, and, and we would tell customers our our store is very very small so our 25 percent capacity really meant four people including our barista right so we have one barista at a time so we'll have to manage that but we would tell them to wait outside um and then in terms of the seating uh we have an out, outdoor seating and i think people prefer that and um we just manage and make sure that we don't exceed that that amount we have not been in a situation where we have exceeded or we had uncomfortable discussions with customers where we had to kick them out and it wasn't like that at all. It hasn't been like that. Um, okay. We're very responsible with the way we do things. I, I don't see that across the board, and I see other places that, that are not necessarily like that. But we we take safety and, and and you know healthy measures very very seriously because we understand what the consequences of somebody you know getting sick or being exposed in our shop are, and I really you know don't want that to happen. And we know there's a risk, and we have you know an increase in cases and all that. So we have to be very careful. You mentioned before about cash flow. You mentioned about the uh, the paycheck protection loan, which was helpful to you. Uh, but your right time is kind of running out on that. Um, you know, why not apply for aid elsewhere? Have you looked into the the economic injury disaster loans, for example, or any yes. aid from your state? I that was the first one I applied to. I I I do have to tell you that I got a, a, an email from them, but it, it said click here, and I'm very reluctant to do that. So I I have to call them and 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 see what. Because they, I, apparently they're missing some information from me, so I did do that. I do. I did follow that application. I don't know if it's gonna make a huge difference because I think it's a thousand dollars per employee or something like that, and I have a small staff. But um, yeah, that that I would do. I I do have to call them, and hopefully I will get that. And other routes, I really I apply to a lot of uh, different funds from you know organizations, but I I did not get any of that. So I applied to one. I think Facebook had one and. There was another one from the Red Bat uh, Fund, Red Bat Fund, uh, which is a, 
from the person that, that found it. Um, I, I don't remember the, her name, right. but I, somebody right. sent it to me and I applied to that. And then I applied to the city of Dallas, had another one, but I didn't get that one either. So I, I, I have to say, just, just from, from an advice standpoint, first of all, in the economic injury disaster, and yes, you get an advance of $1,000 per employee, um, but the loan itself, it can be much more. You can get up to a $150,000 loan. If you were to get, say, a $75,000 loan, this is a 30-year payback with a fixed interest rate of 3.75%. So like, if you were to get a $75,000 loan through that program, you would your monthly payment would be about 350 bucks. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to encourage you... Um, and the SBA has been awful with it. They've been behind. They've been uncommunicative. It's it's a whole you know thing, as you know. But there is still plenty of money available in that fund. And just just from me to you, I would say you should you might want to double down your efforts there because it, it could really see you through. And then the other thing, I'm, I'm yeah, just kind of curious. Bad. I mean, you're you're a Latino business owner. You're a female business owner. You know, have you have you dug into any type of you know, grants, loans, financings for minority-owned businesses. I mean, it seems like there's there would be opportunities out there for you. Yes, I mean, I, I looked into uh, the couple that I mentioned. I, I don't remember the name uh, exactly of what that organization was. A friend of mine said it to me, but um, I have to dig deeper into that. I'm trying to stay away from loans. I mean, what you're saying about the the loan is interesting. I'm, I'm, you know, what I liked about the PPP is that it, it becomes a grant if you use it yes. properly. And uh, the lo- loans, I, I, I really don't know. I have to look into that. But I know I have an advantage with that, and I, I definitely have to pursue that. I'm remaining hopeful in the sense that I have seen a little bit of spike in the last few days that haven't haven't gotten to where we used to be, but at least it has gotten as a little bit more traffic. And I'm hoping that um, that will remain so I can sustain the business without having to, to apply to any more loans. But um, I'll definitely look into that. Well, I, first of all, I, I, I agree with your point of view about um, getting loans. And I'm, as a business owner myself, I'm, I've never had debt. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not thrilled about engaging loans. Although this is pretty, the EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, is pretty, it's pretty cheap money. And again, some of the minority, I'm only saying this to you, the minority programs, uh, there are a lot of grants available as well, not necessarily loans. And they're all over the country. A lot of corporations are doing it. Uh, there's a really good resource on the Hartford's website, smallbizahead.com, that lists all of that. And we'll put that in the show notes because I think it's something that you want to spend time doing. Okay. Let's, in just the yeah. last couple of minutes that I have there with you, I just, uh, you know, we're looking ahead. So I personally, I've talked to different people, Luciana, that um, like me are well, not like me are 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 pessimistic about the future. I'm more optimistic, um, and I'll be on record as saying I do think that there will be you know a good recovery, and I think there will be um, you know vaccines sooner than we think, and lots of treatments, and that's just me um, based on whatever the data is that's out there, and you can argue or not. But let's take the worst case scenario because you and I are running businesses, so. Okay, so what if there is a second wave? You know, what if your revenues continue to stay down over, you know, through the rest of this year? Are you prepared for that? And and what are you doing with your business now to stay in business? First, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm from Argentina originally, uh, being from, from Latin America. I'm, I'm, used, I'm used to crisis and I'm used to dealing <laughs> with them. I see them um, very, I, I'm kind of you, with you on, on the optimism, but I also don't fear a recession or a second wave or, or things of that nature just because 
personally, and I'm not saying maybe I'm being too too optimistic here, but I personally think that every time there's a crisis, there is an opportunity. And my experience has been, first of all, the amount of um, support that I've received from everybody, from my personally, from my friends, and even you know, I have a group of friends that got together and gave gave me a donation to to help with my business, which was heartwarming and unexpected and amazing. And to to customers that have bought a ridiculous amount of gift cards just so they could support my business and and keep us going because we provide a you know a coffee for them and you know and and they love us and 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 that for me is it's just unbelievable. So in these types of crises, is when these things uh, resurface, and I and I love that. Uh, at the same time, I do think that creativity comes in this kind of uh, of crisis, and you know I will remain creative in terms of how I see my business and what I can do to keep it running. And for me, it is almost like a challenge that I, that I would take on and, and, and do now because I, maybe I feel optimistic also because I was able to keep my team and I was able to keep my business running, which is not the case for everybody. So I'm very conscious of that. But at the same time, I do feel that as a small business, we always have, we always see ourselves as, oh, we're less than other people, less than other companies, but it's, the reality is we're much more nimble and we can move faster. I see that as an opportunity every time something like that happens. So this year has been the year of challenges, right, for everybody from, from multiple issues that we've had throughout the, the year. And for me, it's, it just has kept me on my toes and thinking of how can I can move forward. So I know that I, I'll be able to do it. I'm very confident that, that no matter what comes our way, we'll be able to, to survive, even if we have to reshape the, our business or how we do it or, or you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. So um, I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to be overly optimistic, but at the same time, I do feel that that crisis presents this opportunity to rethink those things that sometimes were too comfortable to think about. Yeah, I love talking to people who've been through crisis before. You know, like you know, like yourself. This has been great. I, I I appreciate the conversation. I mean, I one final question. I'm looking over your menu right now. Who is ordering a raspberry latte? Sounds absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Really? Uh, yes, and, and look, I'll tell, I'll be honest. I'm 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 from Argentina, but I'm half Italian, half half Spaniard, right? So. If it was my if it was my choice, I would only serve espresso coffee, yeah. and I would have a bar with espresso. But we have a, a, a ridiculous amount of syrups and different flavors, and people love them. And I have tried them myself, and I'll tell you, they're really good. Not not to be funny with it. No, not my cup of tea or not my cup of coffee necessarily, because I do order, I do drink espresso. But a lot of people do like them, and particularly iced coffee now that it's so hot in here in Dallas. So. We have like an amazing amount of, of different flavors. So it's it's been a learning experience for me as well. Yeah. That's I, a, I, I, you also that you also also have to cater for your customers and not have a shop that will cater <laughs> only for you. Because otherwise it will be, for me, it will be the most boring coffee shop ever. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm the same way. It just <laughs> amazes me the, the things that people have in their coffee. But hey, you know, freedom of choice. So fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Luciana Gomez is the founder of Cafe Victoria in Dallas. Her website is cafevictoriadallas.com, C-A-F-E-V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A, dallas.com. Luciana, thank you so much. Great information, and I'm glad to see that you're like me and and optimistic for the future. And uh, listen, maybe you and I will be in the poorhouse in a year, and we'll commiserate (laughs) with each other than sipping a few raspberry lattes. Let's hope not, okay? Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dean. Thank yep. you. I Thanks, everyone. It.
Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends, visit the Hartford's Small Business Ahead blog. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you on your business more, run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com. Again, Luciana, thank you so much, uh, and hopefully you and I will stay in touch. We'll bring you back next year. I hope so. Take care. Bye now. Bye.